In this episode of Restore It All, we are going back to the basics. Why we back up. And I drive all this home with a great story from the very beginning of my backup career. I hope you enjoy the episode. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All Podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and have with me a guy that just like five minutes ago compared me to a Luddite, Prasanna Malianti. <laughs> That's a going. Prasanna, did, did you or did you not compare me to a Luddite? I did, and there was a reason I did, right, <laughs> which was you were... Very used to a certain way of operating and mm-hmm. a piece of software, right, for the uh-huh. workflow. And that software completely updated, but not everything was there. And I think your complaint was, I just want things back the way they were. That's, you could put it that way. Right. I'm just but saying. But I'm not, I'm not averse to technology or to new technology. I like things to get better, but it does, it is difficult when you're using a piece of software and then they're like, you know what? We had to just rip and replace. Like in order to get, in order to be where we wanted to be, we had to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We had to, you know, (laughs) you're going to love what we have once you get used to it. I hope you, hope you don't mind throwing away everything you've known after all this time. You know what this reminds me of? What? Every time someone updates a backup software app, like completely changes it or pushes you, and everyone's like, no! I remember <laughs> uh, at the old place I used to work that there was, I can't remember what version of the backup software it was, but one version they mm-hmm. decided to change the color. Yeah. Right, the color of the background, like what their standard colors were, and everyone complained. And they basically had to undo it because they were like, we don't understand what these colors are. We don't like them. Go back to the way they were before. Yeah. I don't think my concern was that petty. I'm just saying. But I'm just saying, when the buttons that I used to press no longer work, you know, um, I'm just saying. I just I just want to edit my video. That's all but, I want to do. But this is also kind of the upside and downside of SAS is... Things run really fast. You get great new features, but because you're building so quickly, not everything makes it over in those first releases. And sometimes you just got to wait. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not good at waiting. I don't think, I don't know if you've figured that out yet or not. I'm not good (laughs) at delayed gratification, but, uh, so, uh, speaking of places that you used to work, I'll throw out our usual disclaimer. Persona works for Zoom. I work for Driven Now. This is not a podcast of either company. And the opinions that you hear are ours. And uh, one of which is apparently a Luddite. Um, and if you want... <laughs> True you, opinion. It's not... We would slander. love for you to rate us. Uh, please rate us by going to your favorite podcatcher. Scroll down to where you give us the stars and give us a comment. We love the comments. It's great to hear from people. Um, and, uh, I really love when you reach out to me on LinkedIn. That's also great. If you want to join the conversation, be on the podcast, just reach out to me at WC Preston on Twitter or W Curtis Preston at Gmail. And, uh, we'll get you on here. And, um, so, 
I want to continue and, and, and almost continue sort of go back to square one. We talked about doing a back to the basics series. And for some reason we started the back, we started sort of, I thought we started. We didn't go far enough back. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go far enough back. And so I thought that a perfect place to go to, to look at the basics of backup would be this lovely book, which I believe you helped uh, edit, sir. Uh, yes. Modern Data Protection from Aurelian Associates and um, available at a bookstore near you. You can get an ebook version of this by going to druba.com slash podcast and, um, you know, free of charge. In the beginning of this book, we have the, you know, what some might consider a fluff chapter, which is why we back up. And I, I thought there's no more basic question <laughs> to answer then why do we do all of this? And I, I start the book with a story, which I know I've alluded to a couple of times on the podcast. I may have even told the whole version, but hey, we're starting from scratch here. So I'm going to tell this version. And this is basically how I got into backup. I was, al I was already in backup, but this is how I really got into it, you know? Wait, before you get there, what? yeah, do you want to... Because I don't think many of the listeners really know, like, what did, How did I... you do before you became Mr. Backup, before you got into backup? Like, like where, like, how did you go from whatever it was you were doing into backup? Because mm. I don't think a lot of people know I... that, and it's very different. Well, in um, January of 1993, <laughs> I got out of the U.S. Navy. And I was looking for work in the computer business. I had zero experience in computers. I had taken, I don't, I don't know if you're, if, if, do you remember the National Radio Institute, NRI? Do you remember that? They, they had the ads back in, back in popular science. They had an ad like build your own computer. Oh, yeah, computer yeah, 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 yeah. Build your own computer. I did that while I was out to sea. I took this <laughs> correspondence course. This is pre-internet, right? Um, you got, you got a, like a book and you worked through that book and it was like Q and a, and then, you know, and then once you got all done, then you built a computer and it was an 8088 for those of you who remember that. So I built my own computer and that was literally the extent of my computer experience. Right. And I got out of the Navy and I managed to get a job at a company called digital systems, which was a, um, company that it put in, um, it was called intelligent blended call management systems you might call it an auto dialer um auto dialer <laughs> robot caller was was, yeah. was a naughty word or a robocaller yeah that was a naughty word that was sort of the dumb machine that didn't have the intelligence that art had but, but anyway that's what that was the very first job but only like three or four months later i secured a job via a great connection that would be my wife um <laughs> at what at that time was the second largest credit card company and that would be mbna and um, I got the job of the backup guy. And um, I was in charge of the backups for our entire data center, which at that time was 15 servers. Um, they were DEC. We also had AT, the first computer designed for Unix, System 5, 3B2. And, um, uh, and I started with little tiny, with uh, little tiny uh, cartridges and tapes and whatnot. Um, and how and, big was uh, the environment? I know you said 15 servers, but how much data approximately? So the entire data center, when I left, I d so 
when I joined, it was probably the whole data center was 50 gigabytes, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like 11 servers. In fact, yeah. it was probably smaller than that because our biggest server, I remember, was five gigabytes. It was yeah. huge. It was five <laughs> gigabytes. And it took us all weekend to get a full backup of it. Um, and uh, and the, the other servers were much smaller than that. So it was probably maybe even 30 gigabytes as the whole data center. But by the time I left, it was much larger. It was like 300 gigabytes. Yeah. <laughs> and 100 of those 300 gigabytes was a single server. It was a it was an HP T500. It had 100 gigabytes. And I was like, how in the hell am I ever going to back all this up? <laughs> um, because it had a it had a four gigabyte tape drive, and I was like, "So, are you going to give me an FTE to stand here and swap tapes all night?" And that's how yeah. I got my first automated tape library. By the way, there you go. But uh, yeah, so um, in the midst of all of that, I had been the backup person for a few months. And we lost our purchasing database. It was an Oracle database. Uh, the name of the server was Paris. It had been recently migrated. It had only been on Paris for, I don't know, like a month or two, a couple of months. And the roughly slightly less time than how long I'd been at the company, whatever that yeah. was. And I did what I was told to do. I went, I looked at the logs to see if the dump was good because we used dump those mm -hmm. days and the dump wasn't good so then i looked at the day before dump wasn't good i looked at the day before and so on 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 and i finally found a tape that was um that was good and it was uh six weeks and one day old and i knew that i had the transaction logs along that time so i was you know i'm thinking that that'll work uh the only problem was that um the our retention period was uh six weeks Oh my and gosh. so the last good backup was just had just been overwritten. And so I remember, you know, my boss, Susan Davidson, I remember her standing over me and saying, so let me get this straight. We have no backups of Paris whatsoever. And I said, that is what I'm saying. And, you know, to her credit, she attributed the problem to, to bad training. Yeah. That's you, Ron. Um, to bad, to bad training. And what, what had happened was we had migrated the server. Nobody had told me that there was this, this, um, cron job that had been shutting the database down for the backups. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons where I took, I, I, I don't know, a lot of who I am and how I do things come all the way back to that first episode. Mm -hmm. I don't like, like a completely separated cron job that's doing something for my backup before I do the backup. I want yeah. the backup to kick off the cron job, right? Yep. What you, you know what I'm saying? The cron job kicks off the backup that kicks off the job. You know, yeah. I need coordination. And I've always, you know, I, whenever, when anybody starts talking to me about two separate processes that are going to handle, you know, that are going to do this, if they don't have a handshake mechanism, I get very, very nervous yep. because of that. Because yep. um, I continued to back up the database all the time while the database was changing and not yep. putting it into hot backup mode. Uh, it's, it's like the case where a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I just take a snapshot and then someone just dumps that off to tape. It's like, what happens if the thing that did the snapshot failed for some reason? You're now going to think you have a successful backup. And guess yeah. what? You don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I understand that that's something that 
Oracle DBAs fight over. The, the, the DBAs want to be in charge of their backups, but the backup person has to be in charge of the backup system. So how do you get those two, you know, to, to get together? You know, we could have a whole episode just about mm. that. Uh, we probably should have an all, whole episode. Yeah. Just I spent that. quite a bit of my career focused on that one problem. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yes. And Before you talk about like the reasons we back up, yeah. I think it's important to state that you back up not because you want to back up. It's like you had said, you need to make sure that you're able to recover your database, your application, whatever it is, whenever something happens, right? That's the entire purpose of doing backups is so you, you only need to back to... up if you want to restore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, the only reason I had kids. Because you wanted to restore someplace. No, so that I could have a grandkid. <laughs> They're way better than kids. She's sitting right outside there. She's adorable. And she's nine. And I'll take care of over either of my two kids. Uh, but the thing is, you got to have kids before yeah. you can have grandkids. That's just the way it works. Same thing with backups. So I've divided the, the reasons that we back up the risk to your data into three groups. Uh, human disasters, mechanical failures, uh, and natural disasters. So human disasters to me are things that humans cause. We can think of all sorts of categories of those. And I'm going to give what I still think is the the number one reason we restore. What's that? What do you think that is? User did something dumb. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) I accidentally (laughs) deleted a folder and I intended to only delete a file. Oops. Or I think... I still, I can't remember. I think you have a story, right? Where someone had a script that accidentally deleted a file server and erased I do. all That's of the also users. In the book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were, what they were doing is they were purging home directories that were no longer for users that were no longer in the password file. And so they were going, you know, home one, and then they went to the, the first directory and then they look up the name of the directory in the password file. And if it wasn't there, because the, the name of the directory yeah. is the name of the, of the user. Person. The yeah. problem was, home one slash a slash all users beginning with a. And so they got to home one, a looked up for a in the a, password. Couldn't file. find it. They were there and then, de- yeah. And they were half, they had deleted half the home directories before. We figured out what was going on. Oh, Gonda. Okay. So, um, yeah, like but, you said, but most it is, of them are, yeah. It's dumb stuff. It's, it's, it's dumb stuff by users, dumb stuff by admins, dumb stuff by developers. Right. Um, you know, it's that sort of dumb stuff. And then we have bad stuff, right, yeah. that happens outside. This is, I think, today we're starting to think of this as, the you know, the, the first is, I think, the number one reason you need a backup system. This is the number one reason you need a good backup system. Yep. <laughs> you need a really good backup and DR system, and that is malicious attacks, ransomware, you know, malware, um, you know, and, and internal threats, right? Uh, uh, what do we call those? Rogue admins? Yep, the rogue right? admin. Um, Deleting I mean, all you, your data you... and going out. And oh, I actually just no, read about happens. that recently. Uh, who was it? I think someone recently got sentenced to jail because, uh, what did they do? They had been fired from their company. They still had access to the passwords because the company had not cycled them. And so they logged into the company, deleted, changed the accounts, locked them out. I think they might have deleted things as well. And then their entire purpose was they wanted to be rehired for higher pay. 
right? Oh. And just show their value. Yeah, I think there was a little problem with this person's logic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, you have rogue admins like this, right? Where if you have someone who has a keys to the kingdom or you don't know all the places that people, like you don't have a proper onboarding, offboarding procedure to lock down yeah. your environment and delete things, right? You can have people access your data, change things, delete things like backup systems, all the rest and, of that. And that. And this isn't a backup thing, but what do we learn from that, kids? Have a proper onboarding and offboarding procedure. I have been let go once or twice in my career, right? Uh, Sometimes it was layoffs. Sometimes it was a difference of opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And the, um, as to whether or not I should be employed. (laughs) I've had at least once where my account got disabled and then I got a call like a minute later, right? Yep. That's an on, that's an offboarding procedure, right? Yep. And by the way, I wasn't doing anything malicious. They weren't that that was the offboarding procedure was yep. your account was disabled. You were told to renew your password, basically, is what it looked like. You were told to renew your password, yeah. and then boom, you, <clears throat> you, know, got, the you call. got the you got the call, which is why to this day, when I <laughs> when my password times out, which it does, right? I'm like, Oh, what what did I do? <laughs> to this day, and it would be bad. Well, and it would also be bad if that happened to just coincide with a one on one with your manager. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you um uh yeah, and I had that happen last week where my where my manager they sent me a thing. You know, I, I have a weekly you know one on one, and and I had a, it was at three thirty on Monday afternoon, and suddenly it was it was nine thirty on Monday morning, and I was like. Ooh, that's not good. What? <laughs> it turned out to be fine. Nothing was wrong, but that's what happens, you know, yeah. when you've been let go once or twice in your career. Anyway, but, too much but, about that. But I think going back to the point, more people need to start thinking about malicious actors, yeah. right? Especially as and, they're designing backup systems, thinking about disaster recovery, right? Which is a huge uh, topic that we always talk about on the podcast, right? Is you really yeah. should be thinking about how quickly, because it's not good enough to just recover your data anymore, right? It's how quickly can you recover your data to recover from like a ransomware attack or other things like that. And I would say that you should really especially look at the backup system and ask yourself, what kind of damage could Curtis, who's running the whole backup system, what kind of damage could Curtis do to us if Curtis got pissed off one afternoon? <laughs> now, this isn't about Curtis. This is about what happens if Curtis's account becomes compromised. Yep. Right? It's not just a rogue admin. It's also someone uh, masquerading as a rogue admin. Yep. And I, I know that we, uh, at Druva, we added features that um, that were designed specifically to work around that, even yep. if someone compromises your account we still won't let them do the things that they want to do. Yep. Um, and, 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 and even things like MFA, like we've seen a lot of recent attacks with yeah. MFA and other things, right? That isn't a fail safe, right? So you need to make sure you have all these various layers to handle the right. risk rather than just putting all your eggs in one basket and be like, yep, that'll protect me because it will not. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the second big category uh, is hardware and system failure. And I'm going to go out there and t- I'm gonna see, see what you think about this. Cause you've lived the other side a little differently than me. Um, I'm going to say, so when I started my career, 
this was, I don't know, but not equal, but it was a significant, it wasn't equal to the dumb user, right? Because we would get, we had 12,000 employees. We would do an average of 10 restores a day (laughs) from users calling in. My favorite was a user that called in and said that they needed a file to be restored and it was called resume.doc. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Is that what that file is called? Resume.doc. Yeah, it's really important that I have this restored. Okay. <laughs> um, no, you know, no judgment. But um <laughs> You're like, shall I restore it to an alternate location, like another, (laughs) a future employer? (laughs) Try to grok this, okay? Back then, we had servers running on hard drives. And by that, I mean individual hard drives. Yeah. (laughs) Right? The the most failing thing in the data center, we would have a server running the whole environment. And then the data would be stored on a series of hard drives. There was no raid. Yep. Right. And so a single, so if you had drive failures, you know, which are very, very high. Yeah. Well, if you had like 10 drives, you didn't have, you didn't have, you had 10 single points of failure, right? Yep. It wasn't just one single point of failure. You had 10 single points of failure. So back then I think mechanical failure and system failure was a, a, a much bigger. Today we have, virtualization and we have raid and we have failover and we have v motion and all that stuff yeah. i think the operation coding you have yeah yeah high availability yeah. Would, you, would you agree that we don't generally it can happen we don't generally restore because of that today typically yeah it happens underneath the covers unless it's an application that isn't like a modern application. Like a lot of environments still are running older applications mm-hmm. that may not be virtualized, right? And yes, it could. But, but, it, but it's it could, probably still stored on disk that's it's still rated stored on, and yeah. or something. So the storage side, you might be okay, but maybe the server side, you might still have issues, right? That you still have to be yeah, concerned this, about. If Assuming it's not virtualized. Yeah, well, the server might go too. down. But yeah. I don't have to reach for my backups if the storage is still okay. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It's generally a human being did something stupid is the, no, is the I, I'm going to say the most common reason. Definitely the most common. The only thing I can think of from a hardware failure is there are still cases where you might get silent data corruption and other aspects, right? That you still might need to worry about. That isn't necessarily human error. Well, it's... The developer error potentially, right? But yeah, yeah, right. But that's the only other thing I can think of where you, yes, it's not necessarily that you have to think about the hardware itself failing, but there are still components within it which might lead to data corruption and affecting your data. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I'm not sure if I brought up if I brought up data corruption just happening over time. I, I think I'm going to count that as system failure. Is yeah. I think it's so. a hardware failure, right? Because yeah. it's yep. the underlying mechanism. Yep. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that in the hardware failure section or not. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But um, there you I'll go. For our listeners, it's something that. that isn't in the book if it's not in there. <laughs> well, it may not may not be in the maybe. book. Yep. Having yeah. worked in storage you know? for so long, it's one of the things that's always on my mind, even though I think a lot of people don't think yeah. about it. Because there's a lot well, of scrubbing it, that happens and all the rest that it's 
not as likely anymore, but it's yeah. not that it's been eliminated. There, uh, there are those who think that 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 Bitrod is a is a boogeyman that people like mm-hmm. you and me use to scare people. Um, those people can go pound sand. So <laughs> the next, we'll talk about again something that's very current. So I am from Florida, originally from Florida. I live in I live in much better weather now. <laughs> in, I think it's relative. Santiago. It's relative. Um, yeah, my my mother does not like the weather here. She <laughs> thinks it's too cold. The idea of getting cold, you know, cool at night, it, she's foreign concept. Does not like that at all. <laughs> I think that's the single greatest feature, possibly, of San Diego. Yeah. Um, but I'm speaking, of course, of of natural disasters. So yep. we're recording this as they are recovering from the fourth strongest hurricane ever to hit landfall in the US which is uh, hurricane Ian. I you know it, it was it was 150 miles an hour. I've been in worse. I was actually in Houston and I don't know where Alicia falls but what I remember was 155 miles an hour. Mm. Uh hurricane force winds uh, with Alicia and I was in Houston so you're basically right you're right yeah. there on the water, right? Um, and that was a mess, right? I, I remember I was in, I was in, well, I was in Alvin, which, um, shout out to the folks in Alvin. <laughs> it's a tiny little town. It's a suburb of Houston. And my mother and her husband managed an apartment complex. Ply was a teenager. Yeah. There wasn't enough plywood to cover the windows on both sides. So I remember that we covered one side based on the direction of the wind. And then when yep. the, when the uh, eye hit, oh. we took down all the plywood and put it on the other side of the building. Um, the, just trying to minimize the, you know, the blast radius yeah. as we talk about in, in IT, right? And the thing is when you, you know, we've got a couple of great episodes about this, about recovering from a natural disaster um, from from people that actually participated in it. And maybe we'll get another one here from Florida, but the, the challenges when you look at, you know, so I'm looking here at the list that I had in the book, floods, fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, uh, typhoons and cyclones, tornadoes and sinkholes. So what's interesting is Florida has all but the earthquakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, well, it doesn't have, so typhoons. a typhoon goes the other way, right? That's I what it, so. isn't that what the thing was, the typhoon? Um, and remember we had another name of storm. I, I never even derecho. heard of it until we had the, the derecho, yep. um, which is a land-based Land hurricane, hurricane yep. right? You basically get like um, a, the giant pattern and the high sustained winds. So yeah. it basically becomes a land hurricane. Yeah, we, the guy that was on here, I remember him saying that he was just standing on his porch and he's like, I'm sorry, what is that? <laughs> like, just out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, the, the thing about all of these is that they wipe out everything. You know, look at the photos, look at the videos of what's happened in, um, in Florida. Fort Myers right now is just um, devastated. I think the worst pictures and videos I remember was Katrina, Mm -hmm. right? Because you had the combination of all of this, 
plus the fact that New Orleans was essentially underwater. Yeah. They, they were, they were below sea level. Yep. Right. And so you see the pictures of Fort Myers. Now everything's destroyed, but the water's gone right now back with Katrina. It was still, the water was still up. Uh, you know, bodies were literally still floating around. It was, yeah. it was horrible. Um, and it, and it, and it made rescue very difficult because it meant everything had to be boats and helicopters. Yep. Right. Um, but I think that's the number one thing to take away when preparing for a natural disaster is that nothing that you're used to counting on. Assume it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> so that was what I think we learned with that, that person there that came on. Um, do you remember he, he talked about the internet? Yeah, I think if I recall, they had an ISP or an MSP and mm -hmm. they basically were like our employees needed access, internet access to make sure things were okay and supporting their customers mm -hmm. and they had no internet. So I think people drove like an hour and a half, two hours away to like a Starbucks so then they can log in just so they can continue and have access because they needed to keep their business up and running and that was the only way they could keep it going. That, that's that's one problem that they had. The other one that they had was that they used LDAP that was headquartered in the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> as their authentication system in order to get into the system, in order to do the restore. And they oh, didn't have internet was, access. Sorry, that was, yes, that was the, sorry, the one I was talking about was the land hurricane one. You're right. The one you were oh, talking oh, about right, was right, a right. hurricane on a tropical island. Right, yeah. And... The we should put links, I think, in the in the show description yeah. to these episodes. That was a really good episode. Like, if you want to know what it's like to actually recover from a hurricane, because he talked about that nothing was consistent, right? Yeah. That you know they they could they didn't have consistent power, they didn't have consistent internet. They ended they ended up getting consistent internet by doing uh you know satellite based like yep internet right. And they didn't need a lot of bandwidth. They just needed consistency. Yeah. Um, but even things like did... food and where to sleep, yeah. right? I think he slept in the office. So, yeah, he converted one of the offices into yeah. a room. And they, he ate a lot of rice and beans for like yeah. two weeks. He was there well, for and two he, weeks. And he said he was lucky, right? I think a lot of people didn't have food, didn't have clean water, right? Right, right. Well, you look at what's going on now. I mean, uh, you know, Puerto Rico... Yeah. You know, we talked about a lot about Florida, Puerto Rico and Cuba yeah. are massively hit, right? Because they're, yeah. they, they're getting hit on both sides at the same time. The place yeah. is so small, right? Puerto Rico, especially because they had already been hit by that other hurricane yeah. not that long ago. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, our friends over there at Actual Tech Media, Scott Lowe and company, so they're having their 10th anniversary. Congratulations to them, right? <laughs> Congrats, Scott. Um, they scheduled an offsite for their 10th anniversary in October in Florida. And they're there this week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? Now, they're in Central Florida. They're in Orlando. Yeah. They're fine. But I just, you know, I wish Scott had reached out to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a thing in Florida you know, when should I not go? And I would have yeah. said September and October. Don't, don't go. go anywhere near. Yep. Don't go anywhere near. Weather is unpredictable. You never know. Yeah. It's the, it's the, it's the, you know, it's a hurricane season. Yeah. But yeah, th that's the big thing is this, but this is why we back up because a, a, a 
a natural disaster um, can just wipe out everything in your company, right? It, it wipe out, it wipes out the building. It wipes out the power to get to your building. It wipes out the internet to your building. Um, and you have to bring all of that back. Or you don't bring it back in the current location. You bring it back somewhere else, right? I know we talk right, a lot about right. disaster recovery, but even without disaster recovery, right? This is where the three, two, one rule, right? The one part, right? Of keeping a copy off site, because yep. if your data center gets hit by a hurricane and is completely gone, where is your data? At least your data should be off site, yeah. someplace far enough away, right? Not down the street, such yeah. that you can yeah, recover. If yeah. you're in Florida, I don't know where the AWS regions are for the Southeast, but I don't know if any of them are in Florida. <laughs> but, I don't but if you're in Florida, Florida, you would not have your recovery facility, I would think, anywhere in Florida. And that's what that's yeah. what's beautiful about that cloud, right? Yeah. Is, you know, this is why we back up. And this is also why we don't store at least one copy of our data anywhere near, yeah. right? Um, the I, I, I think... I flash back again, back to MBNA and we didn't use Iron Mountain. We used a small, um, man in a van media storage company. Huh? What's that? Man in yeah, the van, right? A man, in, man in a van. Yeah. <laughs> we used a small, uh, company that was in Wilmington. And the thing that we liked about this company, I, they were probably cheaper than Iron Mountain. But the thing we liked about this company is that their tapes were stored in what used to be a World War II bomb shelter, mm. right? So we felt that they were like really, really safe. But um, it also meant that anytime there was a hurricane or anything or flood threatening to come up was... the eastern seaboard, we would call them. <clears throat> we'd say, it's time for the thing. And the thing was, they would take all our tapes out of the vault and move them up to the third floor, <laughs> much less physically secure, but a lot less susceptible to flooding. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, bomb shelter sounds amazing until you're dealing with water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I highly doubt that they're still using that company, but um, anyway, I mean, yeah. So th these are the reasons, right? What about, you know, we, 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 we really didn't mention terrorism, but that's up in the, you know, in yeah. human, the human disasters. That, that, that's a real thing. And nowadays, I think you're more susceptible to electronic terrorism than you are physical terrorism. We can't completely rule that out. Yeah. But I think that, I think that the place to start is you first have to build a DR system that works, that would allow you to recover outside of the, you know, make that part of your core design. Yeah. And then the next would be, you need to build a, a ransomware and, you know, an electronic attack yeah. response system because it's it's the DRP is, is is a subset of that. So you know, to to just summarize, I think the whole thing is that there there are um, there are just so many things that can happen to your data that is your company's lifeblood. That's why we back up, and and you know, and, and I'll borrow a line from Shakespeare. Uh, that I use every once in a while when we're talking about some, we're going to talk about the, the places that we need to back up. I think next, when I get to arguing with people about whether or not I should back up SAS, one of the phrases that I, that I, um, 
that I like to use is there are more things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy or ratio, right? <laughs> I think I quoted that. I hope I quoted that well. But basically, there are so many ways that your data can get uh, uh, FUBAR. That's a yep. That's a military acronym. You're familiar <laughs> with that one? Yep, I know that one. Um, and look it up if you, if you don't know what that means. Um, and that's why we back up. And that's yep. why, you know, yeah, I... I and- I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't suffer the fools that want well, that don't well, want to back up. Well, and I know back to the basics, right? We've been talking a lot about in a corporate environment, but these same risks also apply to your personal data as well. Every single yeah. one. Yep. Just, so, and some more than others. Mechanical failure much more likely in your laptop. Yep. Um, less likely today than it was twenty years ago when we were using rotating hard drives. Yeah, but still um, possible. And, Yeah, still possible. I will just say this. The most unreliable piece of equipment on your desk is that mechanical USB hard drive that you're using as a backup right now. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Yep. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm much more of a fan of, of, you know, of cloud backup. And by the way, you know, you wouldn't be a Druva customer because, you know, we, we don't do the, the consumer thing, but there are so many other things that you can do yeah. for consumers, right? Yep. There are cloud services that back up your important stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway. Well, have we have we beat the drum enough? I think so. Asana? And just for our listeners, I think the next topic on Back to the Basics will be what, Curtis? What are we, where do we go from here? Up. Where do we go from here? Good question. We talk a lot about some techie stuff. One of the things that you hear us say a lot is that you um, you need to go to the business and you need to get your um, you know your service level agreements and things like RTO and RPO. You need to get that from the business, and you need to get the business to buy into this whole thing that you're going to do because you can't you can't be you. Batman is not a good backup person, <laughs> right? You can't yeah. be alone in the night uh, with no funding doing a backup system. That's a horrible way to do. It. You got to get the backup. You got to get the the powers that be as into backup as you are. Yep. Right. Maybe not as as into backup as Daniel Rosehill. <laughs> um, we love you, Daniel. <laughs> we love you, Daniel. Backup Anorak. So that's what we're going to talk about next yeah. is how to, how to bring, how to bring the business into this. Um, so good. So thanks for asking me that. It was a good, it's a good follow on. <laughs> all right. And I'll just, again, I'll mention um, if you're interested in all these topics, you can get a free copy, uh, you know, an ebook copy of my book, latest book, modern data protection by going to druva.com, D R U V A.com slash podcast and um, uh, download your own copy. So you can follow along at home, kids. <laughs> and um, remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Go.